0: Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder.
1: I know without a shadow of a doubt that you love today's post. I sprung this one on you. I know you do. I know you do, Brandon. (laughs) Uh, If it's the one I think you're talking about, then yes, I probably do love it. Ozempic can't fix what her culture has broken. The great oh, yeah. Therese McMillian Cottum. The fat article. Comes to us via an opinion piece from the New York Times.
0: Wow. Uh, well, ter- it's Tressie, but uh, I don't know if that's how she pronounced it, but Tressie McMillian Khatam. She's, she's definitely woke. There's no question that she's woke. I think she would say, yeah, I'm, I'm, whatever that, however way we define woke. She's a uh, a feminist. She's an opinion writer. I think she's great. I think it's great. Why don't you just go
1: ahead and call her a fat, feminist, woke she's, person, Brandon. No,
0: I think she's a. she would admit that she's a little bit overweight and she struggles with weight. Why don't you just call her that? As somebody who also has struggled with weight, I can re- respect and appreciate Tressie and what she's saying here because I actually really liked... I I, I agree with her opinion on this one, for sure. Uh, let's get into this. I'm going to
1: butcher these first four words here. Glucagon-like peptide receptor agonists. Our life-saving drugs, trained to help hundreds of millions of people with type two diabetes and clinical obesity, they promise to rid the U.S. of obesity if our country can figure out how to make the price pricey fix affordable. But these wonder drugs are also a shorthand for our coded language of shame, stigma, status, and bias around fatness. Untangling these two functions is a social problem that one miracle drug cannot fix. Start to recall the last time a drug so excited the general public. Fenfen maybe in the 90s. Ozembic, Wigovi, Majorno probably would not have social media hashtags. These drugs are blockbusters because they promise to solve a medical problem that is also a cultural problem, how to cure the moral crisis of fat bodies that refuse to get and stay thin. Lastly, Ozembic's implicit promise is that it can fix what our culture has broken. There aren't breathless profiles of pharmaceutical drugs because it will help a diabetic manage her blood and glucose level. They exist because it promises to democratize access to the holy grail of embedded privilege. That sexy sexism of nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. That line is nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. What a great line. This is the most
0: layered article for me we've ever done in terms wow. of all the different levels of things in here that I could talk about, where oh. I could go with it. I went to, uh, it's well documented on this show that I, I started a weight loss journey about a year and a half ago. I uh, you know, I've, I, was, I, I wouldn't say I'm obese, although my doctor would, but I was definitely heavier than I'd ever been. And I was like, I, I don't feel good. I'm getting older. I got a young kid. I want to lose weight. So I went to one of these these fat camps. I paid all this money and it was horrible. It, it was a terrible, I wouldn't recommend them to anyone because they wow. weren't doing anything you couldn't find on the internet. But what was interesting is when I went into them the very first time, you just weigh in and everything. The very first thing that she did, this was probably, I'd never heard of, at this point, I'd never heard of Ozempic. Now everybody's heard of it. Yep. She said, hey, you know, there's this medicine called Ozempic that's showing a lot of success with weight loss. Now, anybody that's trying to lose weight knows that it's hard. It's really challenging. It is, especially if you're people that maybe you're, you know, there's lots of reasons why people are overweight. This whole idea of like there's just one thing, that's absolute horseshit. There's lots of reasons. Some people do have slow metabolism. Some people eat crappy food. Some people eat great food and still can't lose weight. A lot of it has to do with your body type. A lot of it has to to do with processed foods, a lot of things. But the one thing that I think most people that are overweight could agree with, if you could take a pill and not do anything differently and lose weight, you would do it. Now, if you could take a pill tomorrow that had no negative effects and it would keep your weight off and you feel as good as you wanted to feel, everyone would do it. It's not like you're a bad person for wanting to do that. It makes perfect sense. And I was like, oh, well, okay, I'll, I'm willing to try anything. I was like, oh, I'm always a skeptic when anybody talks about medication because there's always a side effect, right? Yep. Remember Fen-Fen. People were like dying from it, right? Nah, God. And it, yeah, it was terrible. It was like all of a sudden you hear it's like, ooh, yeah, don't take that because people are gonna die from it. Well, I think that some of these medications are probably gonna have the same effect. But so she said, Well, go, you know, insurance companies oftentimes won't pay for it, but if you're pre-diabetic, that you can get it. I went back to my doctor, he's like, Okay. It was eighteen hundred dollars a month for old I was like, uh, yeah, no. Uh I'll do Weight Watchers for 45 bucks a month. It's not I'm not doing old And it was funny because I was technically pre-diabetic. Now, she talks about it in this article, this definition of pre-diabetic, that it didn't used to exist. And this doctor who was doing diabetes research came up with the term, basically saying, hey, these people are at risk. They don't have diabetes, but they're at risk where it means that they have slightly elevated sugar levels. Well, what that did is it created a whole secondary medical industry of, oh, you're pre-diabetic, better get you on something. Before, they didn't do that. Before, it was you were diabetic, and then you went on to something. So she kind of talks about that in here, and she talks about the whole pharmaceutical industry and how it works, but it's a really complicated thing. And by the way, the last point on that is that, so who are the people that are going to be taking Ozempic if it's $2,000 a month? Rich people. Rich people. people. And who have been taking it? Rich people, movie stars, all those people are the ones taking Ozempic.
1: I don't know if we can get all levels in on this in 13 minutes. I don't think we can. But the bottom line, which I think she's hinting at, is if everybody can afford Ozembic, should we take it? And by the way, will they be serving Ozempic in, say, France? No, because they don't have the obesity problem in France because they don't eat like we eat in America. Well, they don't eat as much processed foods.
0: I'm sure there are fat people in France for sure, but we have not, a, we, right? But we have a broken culture without yes. question. The thing, our wealth has created problems for us that other cultures don't deal with. That's ultimately what's going on here. So we are a very wealthy nation with a lot, even our poor people are really fat because we can make cheap processed foods that they eat. So they go to eat this stuff and it makes them fat. Now, if you were a, as you like to go back to, if we were on the Serengeti, being fat was a benefit because you could you would survive outsurvive other people, but nobody was morbidly obese on the Serengeti. You know why? Because they would be killed by the animal who was chasing them. So there was probably always this balance of, you know, having enough weight on you to survive, but not having too much. Well, we're in a situation where we're sedentary. Yes, we, we, we drive everywhere. We don't walk. I and mean, we're talking about one of the things I remember living in Italy is I lived in a city where I walked everywhere. I lost 40
1: pounds the summer. Every summer I go there, I lose 40 pounds because all you did was walk. So my my question to you is, are you happy that we, America, have invented this magical drug to reduce obesity? Or are you like, oh, great. We came up with our magic pill to help all the fat people we created get thin. Yeah, I don't. That's a great question. Honestly, you've asked a lot of
0: bad questions over the years, Oh, dang it. but I think this might be actually your most profound question because on one side, I really feel for people that struggle with weight. It's hard, and yes. there's a lot of health effects that yes. happen from being overweight. I know I am as light as I've been in a long time, and I feel great. I sleep better, I, everything about it, but it is a struggle. Every day I, I keep... I am now at 470 straight days of logging my food. Every single day I log everything I eat because it's the one thing that kind of keeps me honest in sort of on track I weigh myself every day so I'm very but it's it's hard if I could take a pill that would make my life a little bit easier and there were no side effects I'd probably choose
1: that and I'm, I'm not gonna lie you know what Americans don't want brandon what hard we right. don't want hard we want a magic pill so that we can eat whatever we want and do whatever we want and by the way that's medicine yeah that's anything so my thing about life mostly about spirituality is I don't care what you believe but have you thought about it at all like, do you, or are you just like, I'm pushing that out? And I think your point in case you've had a problem, an issue with food for most of your life, you're trying to figure it out. But that's not the majority
0: of Americans. I can't say that tomorrow, if Ozempic had been on the market for 10 years and was, was cheap, I can't say, I'm not going to lie and say I wouldn't do it because it, I might. There should be no right or wrong on that.
1: I'm not, I'm not right. passing
0: a judgment on people taking it or not
1: but I, I think I we come
0: to the I'm passing it on a judgment on people in Hollywood and rich people who really don't need it because nothing tastes as good as being thin. I mean, that's just an unhealthy way of looking at your body weight. I, I heard one, a woman who's a, a child psychologist say that one of the ways she deals with talking with girls about uh, weight is she look, everyone has fat on their body. We need fat on our body to survive. It's, there's nothing wrong with having fat
1: on your body. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting way of, of putting it. We, we recently had to have this discussion in our house because we had to medicate our youngest son because he was having major attention problems. And the big, big argument between me and my wife was I kept saying, thank you very much. God made him this way. This is how he was intended to be a kid with attention problems. And if we fix that problem, another problem will pop up. Mm-hmm. You could argue there is a lot of overweight Americans. But as we mentioned, there are some people that just have bigger frames. Yeah. And that's the way God made him. Well,
0: and I think that, I mean, y- yes. But we live in the world in which we live. And your son lives in a world that doesn't, isn't all excited about kids that that's, are- You literally are giving my wife's argument. No, and I, I, your... I, I see both sides. I truly do. I truly see both sides of it. It's, I, I don't disagree with either one of you. I think that it's one of those things where it is just an incredibly challenging- We live in a world that 200 years ago- was completely different than it is today. When the industrial revolution hit and we started automating everything and people went to work, in fact, I mean, two, 200 years ago, 225 years ago or so, people were working entirely in agrarian lifestyle. They would work all day long from sunup to sundown and they would work. They worked physically. There were very few people that all they did was sit and work with their brains. Those people were called monks and even they worked in the fields. So, two hundred years ago, the Industrial Revolution happens. It's not going back. I know you always you always bust my balls about like me wanting to get rid of social media and 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 volunteer. Uh, you know, create a volunteer organization. You always get on me about that. But the bottom line is, we're not going backwards, Larry. We're not getting rid of processed foods. We're not going away from these things. All we can do is educate ourselves to say, what's the best
1: thing we can do for what we have in front of us. That's the big. Wrestling. Match. I agree with that. But my challenge to every single person that ever existed or knows me is why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you going to that church? Why are you eating that food? Why are you hanging out with that friend? And if you got an answer and you you've thought through an answer and you're doing it, I'm like, great. What if the answer is because it's easy? What would you say to him? I don't know if that's a true answer. No. If I don't want to suffer. I think that's the easy answer. That's I don't want to suffer. Easy answer. If someone's like, hey, I grew up, I've been overweight, I've been teased, I, and they've thought through it, and they go, and it's easy, I'm fine with it. But if the answer is just simply, it's easy, I'm not okay with that answer. I'm not. That, that's a, yeah, that's a
0: stratified question and answer. I don't think it's quite as, I don't think it's quite as easy as the way you're, you're laying it out. I don't disagree with you necessarily, but I think that it's a complicated Issue, and that's what she raises in this article. Complicated. She's basically saying, "Hey, man, here's the deal: there are. It's not just about health. It's these are secondary drugs. They were this Ozempic was created to treat diabetes. It is a very good drug. It saves people's lives who have diabetes. It also has this ancillary effect they call them secondary effect, where people can lose weight. Now, the thing that's interesting about it is the second you go off of Ozempic, you gain all the weight back. So it's doing something. Who knows, right?" And there's side effects, Ozempic face, and all this different stuff that's going on. I think Ugh. you need a lot more time studied on the long term effects of these drugs. But I think it's like with everything if somebody can extend their life because they take Ozempic and they're not going to die from morbid obesity, I say take the drug. If, if they're doing it because they're like 10 pounds overweight and they just don't want to work out, I'm like, mm, that's not really what you should be doing. At the end of the day, every person has to make that decision for themselves. But we as a society need to come up with some sort of moral compass. I don't know if that's the right word. We talked about that in another show about this idea of a moral compass, but about the idea of what is
1: good for the overall society. Here's my question. I know you're not a doctor, but I'm wondering if with the ozempic, you get it, you crush it up and snort it. (laughs) Well, does it it work quicker? Uh,
0: Maybe, Larry. I don't know. And, of course, you're going to take everything down to its base level. And I'd like to thank you. For doing that, but remember, people, if you are taking Olzempic or snorting Olzempic, or even if you're not, remember to subscribe to the show. Find us on the leave a comment. Uh, leave a comment. You've already found us on the podcast sites, but subscribe. Leave a comment. It really helps us out. We really appreciate write a review. It. Write a review. Yeah, reviews are really good. Write it on Apple. Uh, wrap it on iTunes. Uh, that, that's probably our biggest uh, thing. Write a, a review. We're talking to you, Pat Olson. Write a review. Yeah, that's right, Pat Olson. Darn it. Anyway, thank you, Larry, for teaching me all about snorting Olzempic.